Welcome to the Legal Pad Podcast, presented by Brashears Miller. The Legal Pad Podcast is dedicated to educating people and businesses with legal planning, strategy, and optimization. Join Sean Miller and Brian Brashears as they discuss various legal issues and matters in today's legal and business climate. In today's episode, Sean's going to talk about alternative dispute resolution. So today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite legal topics, that's alternative dispute resolution, or ADR. And what ADR comprises of primarily is mediation and arbitration. I love both of these um, systems for getting resolutions. They're a little bit different, and they yield different results, and they fit different situations better than others. Um, But I really enjoy them. I've had a lot of satisfied clients uh, that we've we've gotten their cases settled in mediation. And Brian and I were actually lucky enough to get to study under one of the most preeminent arbitration scholars, Professor Thomas Carboneau at Penn State. And I actually TA'd for him uh, for a summer. Great, great professor. Loved every class I took with him. An overall fantastic guy. So it was definitely a high point of uh, law school for me. Mediation's Great, too, for certain situations, especially where it's got individuals, whereas I think arbitration is better suited for, you know, business versus business situations or where it's businesses versus a party who's more sophisticated than, a, you know, your average business guy, someone who has, a, you know, a deep understanding of either the legal system and or financial systems. So we're going to talk about both of those today. So mediation is something that a lot of judges in Texas favor. Texas actually leads the country in terms of cases settled by mediation. We send more cases to mediation than any other state, too, if I recall correctly. I've probably mediated nearly two dozen cases in the three years I've been practicing law. I've gotten them all settled to my client's satisfaction, with the exception of one case, and it was a situation where we were just too far apart. Um, just today, as a matter of fact, I had a court appearance, and I ran into a mediator that I tried a case against, and we got it settled. And she actually cost her client $45,000 because she didn't take our initial offer before pressing forward with a lawsuit. And so we really got to hardball her in the mediation to the point where we could hear her screaming in the next room. So it was a real treat It was a real treat to run into her today, as a matter of fact. So what is mediation? Mediation is broken up into two parts. There's what's called uh, an open or joint session, where it'll be the parties or the party representatives, if it's a business. Typically, uh, if you're mediating against a large corporation, they might have the entire C-suite there you know, a human resources person, but they'll in the in the joint session they'll typically only have one representative and their attorney, and then the uh, typically plaintiff will be an individual and their attorney, and then there will be the mediator, and the plaintiff will talk about you know what their uh, interpretation of the facts is, and you know talk about what they feel they're entitled to. And then the defense will do the same, and um, 
then um, the mediator will typically ask whose move it is. So if you're that far along in a case, typically by then one party has made a move um, prior to going into the mediation in terms of, <clears throat> you know, here's what we're looking for monetarily. So then um, the other party will have a chance to open up. And then you'll have the breakout session for the rest of the day. And that's where the mediator will basically just be going back and forth between the uh, two parties and uh, taking offers back and forth. He'll ask you, you know, well, what do you think about this? And a good mediator will push both parties on their facts where they're weak. And they'll they'll tell them where they think they're strong. And they'll help bring the, the parties to to middle ground. And I've, I've worked with some really exceptional mediators out here. And, you know, like I said, we've almost got every single case I've ever mediated done on the day of the mediation. Um, a lot of judges in Texas state courts will actually, they'll issue a, um, a scheduling order. And one of the first things on there will be to push the case into mediation. And, um, you know, sometimes the parties will waive that. And sometimes it's too early at the point in, at that point in the case to take it to mediation. But, um, you know, I, I really I really like it. It's cost effective in Houston, which is considered a major market. A half day mediation uh, will cost about seven hundred and fifty dollars per party and a full day mediation will cost about fifteen hundred per party. And that's paid to the mediator on top of the fees that each party has arranged with their own representative. It's a very informal setting. Everything discussed in mediation is considered confidential. You can't use it against the other party at trial. You can't discuss, like, if you don't get it settled, you can't go to trial and say, well, at the mediation, you know, you admitted to doing X, Y, or Z. So it really fosters an atmosphere of candor. It gives the parties a chance to kind of see each other and even even though the parties won't really talk, they'll kind of be in the same place, and it really helps move the ball to the end zone. Um, I think it's a fantastic system for dispute resolution. And even if you don't have a great mediator, I've had some mediations with terrible mediators who, you know, they're either in over their head or more often than not, they don't read the mediator's brief that they tell you, you know, you have to submit. And so you submit them this brief two weeks before the mediation, and you can tell they don't know what's going on. But because each party has, you know, their attorney there, and if it's a business, they'll have someone with, with the capacity to sign off on a settlement or, you know, the individuals there. Worst case scenario, one attorney can pull the other attorney into the hallway and say, look, come on, let's get this done. What's your real number? And so, I mean, it's not a guaranteed method, but it's a very, very effective method in my experience. It's non-binding, which means that any decision made at the mediation isn't binding on the parties, like in arbitration, which brings us into the next part of this discussion, which is arbitration. So arbitration is a little bit hard to define because arbitration is really whatever the parties decide to make of it. So typically, and the reason it makes more sense in a business-to-business setting is that it'll be something that's negotiated for in whatever agreement the parties have bound themselves under. So it, it applies a lot more often in breach of contracts or, you know, commercial disputes. So the parties can really structure the arbitration any way they want. They can decide if they want one arbitrator, they can decide if they want three arbitrators, 
They can decide if they want those arbitrators to be subject matter experts, if they want them to be people in the same field, if they want attorneys, if they want judges. They can contract for where they want the arbitration to be held, which rules govern the arbitration, whether they want the arbitration to be document only, if they want there to be hearing. And um, so it really allows experienced parties to craft um, dispute resolution system that's going to be very well suited for their needs. And so what makes this such an outstanding system is that it saves time and more importantly, especially in an international business context, it saves money because you don't have to fight it out over what venue the arbitration is going to happen in, um, you know, because typically the venue is contracted, whether it's, you know, it has to be in Harris County, Texas, or if it has to be in Bern, Switzerland, or if it has to be in London at the Maritime Arbitration Institute. Parties really get to craft that system. So typically the way an arbitration will work is you'll have an arbitrator there who, you know, acts typically like a judge. They can request documents and allow discovery period prior to the arbitration. And, you know, or they could, you know, just decide, you know, just send me in some briefs with your arguments and cite it there. Uh, there'll be a hearing and then... The arbitrator will have a predetermined amount of time to reach a decision on the issue. And then when the arbitrator renders their decision, their arbitration award, um, it's, it's absolutely binding on the parties, which means that if the parties don't like the outcome they received at the arbitration, they can't just go back into court and open it up again. Courts in the United States and just about every country in the world are legally obliged to offer great deference to an, arbitra an arbitrator's decision. And that's because of something called the New York Convention. It's also backed up a great deal by Supreme Court case law, state case law. There's a strong, strong policy interest in supporting arbitration decisions. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword because if you don't like the decision or if you feel that the arbitrator was being capricious or biased, it's very, very difficult to get a court to review that award. And even if they review it, it's even it's even more difficult to get them to change it. So that's kind of the trade-off there. You're you're giving up, you know, essentially the right to appeal, which is a is a major right, but you're gaining, you know, theoretically an enormous savings in terms of cost and time. Um, structuring an arbitration agreement is something that's probably best left to an attorney because there are so many moving parts to it. Um, you know, we discussed a little bit about venue, in other words, where the arbitration is going to happen, what kind of arbitrators you want arbitrating the arbitration, you know, what sort of level of review do you want in the, the arbitration, how fast do you want the arbitration to be done. And so there's a lot of moving parts. So it's an area where you're best assisted by the help of a competent attorney who's who's um, experienced with arbitration. As I mentioned, Brian and I both studied arbitration very extensively. We, we got to spend some great uh, class time with Professor Carbono at Penn State. We also got to um, take a fantastic arbitration course when we were studying in Florence together, which was exceptional because we got to work with some of the arbitration attorneys that work for a major United States industrial corporation over there. And so 
we got to see how it kind of functions in the real world. So, you know, both of us have a lot of enthusiasm for arbitration. Uh, we also have a lot of enthusiasm for mediation. And, uh, you know, it's just a fantastic way to save time and money um, if you have a good understanding of what the facts of your situation are and are willing to forgo the formal legal system. Thanks so much for joining us today and we'll see you next week. The Legal Pad podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only, does not offer legal advice, and does not take place of a consultation with an attorney or other professional with appropriate expertise and experience. Quotations from cases, pleadings, discovery, and other sources are for illustrative purposes only and are not suitable for the use in litigation in any particular case. The Legal Pad podcast and its affiliates disclaim any liability or responsibility for loss or damage resulting from the use of the content of its episodes or the information, ideas, or opinions presented.